Hello, you're listening to the Lebanon Valley Express podcast. This podcast comes to you from Lebanon Valley College's Storytelling for Digital Media class in the Department of Design, Media, and Technology. Students in the class have assembled stories for you about barriers, breakthroughs, challenges, and changes. I'm Mary Pettis, their professor and host of the podcast. Welcome to the seventh episode of our podcast. In this episode, Making Progress, Hannah, Cyrus, and Caleb have to solve problems. Easier said than done. In this first story, Hannah learns in her senior year through an unknown allergy that life can be chaotic and complicated sometimes, but eventually you'll push through and figure it out. I was going into my senior year. The coronavirus was still a huge thing affecting the world. Luckily, over the summer, my school managed to get it together, as had I, or so I thought. We were finally back in the classroom on a hybrid schedule. I was finally a senior approaching adulthood. While it all seemed scary and overwhelming, my hopes were high. That was until I got COVID. After Christmas, my entire household got sick. It was only a matter of time until it spread to me as well. My experience having COVID was awful. I couldn't sleep comfortably without struggling to breathe. My nose was stuffy, my throat was sore, and I had the world's worst headache. Only a few more days, I kept telling myself as I was checking a countdown app on my phone. COVID was only supposed to last 14 days, but it felt like forever. Eventually, I felt better and was allowed back in school. Everything seemed to be going well. I had my life back on track. It wasn't perfect, but after experiencing something tough, it's hard not to enjoy life at normalcy. However, over the next few months, that all began to change. Everything smelled and tasted awful. Meat sent me into moments of full-on vomiting. This was not normal. All my favorite foods tasted and smelled awful. I went on a diet of sushi and salad, two of my favorite foods, which luckily still tasted the same, but it was all I ate for some weeks, and eventually I became sick of it. Nothing was right in the world. Alongside this, a mysterious itchy rash decided to appear on my face, legs, and hands. I was incredibly uncomfortable and self-conscious because of these physical symptoms. I completely disconnected from the world. I missed my senior prom, even though I had the courage to get a dress. It was light pink and sparkly, but I was so overwhelmed with life at the time, the rest of my plans fell apart or never even happened at all. My parents felt bad for me. My mom began trying to schedule appointments to find out what was going on with my skin. Meanwhile, life was still going on. My mom's in the dental field, so... My wisdom teeth started to show. She began to find places to schedule a removal. I was already horrified with life at this point, but now I was being told I was going to have to get my teeth pulled out. For someone who would be extremely nervous about getting a shot, I was extremely scared of this appointment. I ended up pretending it wasn't happening, letting myself forget about it. Eventually, which was about two weeks later, the day came. And I can now say, having been through it, that it wasn't that bad. Everything I feared was non-existent. So, after the removal, I'm woken up and I realize it's over. I'm relieved. I go out to my mom in the waiting area, and she told me that she scheduled me an appointment with a dermatologist. At this point, I was even more thrilled. I felt so grown up, and I was finally getting things done. Then, my mom lets me know that the appointment is in four hours. My entire jaw was literally numb. I was a little worried, but if my mom thought I could do it, I guess I could. After all, I was already extra confident after I've just gotten my wisdom teeth out. So, we go home, I take a nap, wake up an hour or so later, and then we head to the dermatologist. I was still tired and numb, so my mom mainly did most of the talking during that appointment. I made sure to wear shorts so they could see my legs, pulled down my mask, showed them my face, they inspected my hands. They even scraped a few skin cells from the rash to analyze them closer. 
Around this time, my mom was already speculating it was an allergy to something, and I, and as she has already washed all the sheets and clothes and hyperallergenic laundry detergent, and I was using the dark around its skincare regimen, the only thing left was my nails. And at this point in life, I had taken on the hobby of doing my nails. I had tons of new designs planned for future looks, and it was something that genuinely made me a little happier. My mom and grandma heavily speculated that it was the cause of my rash, so my mom asked the doctor if it could be my acrylic nails. The doctor looked at my nails and said, I doubt it. A doctor's trip or two, and a few agonizing months later, my mom convinced me to remove my acrylics. A week goes by and the itching stopped. Two weeks went by, and the rash was significantly clear. It was the nails all along, and my mom said, the classic I told you so, but I still struggled to fathom this. Completely removing these nails from my life was hard. Even though it was for my health, it was still something I enjoyed and it made me a little bit happier. It forced me to change something that was incredibly difficult as a perfectionist and overplanner. And having to do it for the better, to better my health and well-being was also a huge motivator. And in the end, it showed me that it's okay to be a little messy and unpresentable sometimes. It also surprised me because I genuinely believe the doctor's opinion. She said it wasn't the nails when we asked. Why would she deliberately tell us it wasn't the one thing it was? This was the first of many times where I'd realized that while adults may look like they have it all figured out and put together, they don't. Even doctors make mistakes, and they are doctors. So growing up really taught me that I need to take care of myself, and it's okay if something goes wrong. Hannah Kaur is a sophomore digital communications major at Lebanon Valley College, and she no longer wears acrylics. In the next story, Cyrus reflects on his senior year of high school, his last year in the Scouts of America, and an Eagle Scout biting off more than he can chew. In August of 2018, I met with the pool board to address a project, one for the betterment of the community, their nonprofit organization, and to complete the last requirement for Eagle Scout. Through much talk about ideas, I provided one to the board and they provided me one back, creating a project much larger than many Eagle Scouts undertake, leaving me quite stressed to be able to actually take on the undertaking of nearly two projects for one person. This project will consist of creating a gaga pit and refurbishing a pavilion. A gaga pit is a ring, usually an octagon, with a flat surface within it allowing for a ball to be hit around using a person's hands to try to hit another person's legs. The pavilion needed a whole new paint job and it needed almost a whole new wall as well. I presented the Gaga Pit, a project that I knew would be expensive but very valuable due to the lack of activities at the pool. They presented the pavilion and while it looked like a lot of work, it would not cause an incredible increase in fundraising, but instead require a large pool of volunteers. The area where the Gaga Pit would be placed was filled with rocks, a significant challenge to consider to make sure no swimmers had their feet harmed. The pavilion needed a deep cleaning as it had significant chip paint, was covered with debris from nearby trees, and had decent damage requiring sufficient time to repair. Come March, I had significant paperwork representing the proposal to my project, with images, estimated economic costs, and possible businesses to consider contacting. I would then bring this forth to the pool board, my scoutmaster, and an Eagle Board representative. This proposal needed to be signed by these members before I was allowed to do anything on my project, including contacting businesses, family members, or friends for donations. Once they all signed the paperwork after giving their concerns and considerations, the real grind began. 
for the next month to two months, I would go out to contact businesses, relatives, anyone willing to send money, materials, or tools for the project. This ended up in some extremely late nights of doing paperwork and letters, during school nonetheless. While homework was always present, I participated in multiple activities at school as well, causing me to not get home usually until 9. Once I got home with the help of my family, I continued working on the project. Many businesses I would physically travel to and meet with representatives, obtaining materials or useful ideas and considerations while addressing concerns with the project from those more experienced. This led to May, just before the pool was to open, the labor began. On weekends, for each weekend of May, we requested people of all backgrounds, backgrounds with some more experienced in their certain fields than others to help with the project. My job was to lead the project, something that was intimidating, especially when you are dealing with people that are much more experienced than you are and much older. With that said, we worked efficiently, managing to finish the refurbishment of the pavilion the weekend before the pool was to open. The first week, a small party I led had the job to clean the pavilion, making sure it was both a safe place to work in and one that could be easily worked in in the future. With the need to clear the debris, and do a deep cleaning. This took multiple hours as it needed power washing, significant removal of sticks, bird debris, leaves, and other items along with paint chips. The next weekend was the largest weekend, requiring a much larger party of volunteers. We had multiple people specialize in their fields for the project, which was rather intimidating to be the one to tell them what to do with my lack of experience. It spent multiple hours removing and replacing a section of one of the walls and the fireplace as it was falling apart. Once they were finished, we had another group place primer as much of the wood needed time to set and time to soak it up with how old and dry it was. This took more time than the average workday, leaving many of us quite exhausted. The next two weeks were spent primarily painting. Leading scouts and other younger individuals did pose a challenge as many of them had not learned efficient ways of painting, and painting is an activity that I absolutely try to avoid like the plague. Due to rules with scouting, volunteers under 18 were not allowed on elevated equipment like ladders, so many adults were also needed for painting. We had to apply multiple coats, sometimes even three or four due to how dry and old some of the wood was. This caused the painting to take over that of a standard workday as well. When all was finished, we had paint splattered all over our clothes, but the pavilion looked good as new. We were not done yet though, as now the expensive part of the project was to be put in place. Most of our donations went towards the Gaga Pit as it was a small fortune, but worth getting professional parts as to keep its integrity and safety. We were thankfully able to get access to construction vehicles, allowing us to have professionals easily transport materials and dig out an area for the pit. There is a concrete facility about a mile from the pool that is willing that was willing to not only provide about two tons of sand for us, but two of their workers and construction vehicles, as not only was this not the first time an Eagle Scout had asked for their help, but they had helped with the pool many times before and were glad to do so again. Three months later, we were able to begin construction of the pit, one year after the, the conception of the project in August 2019. On a weekend in the middle of it, we began work before the pool opened at noon. These construction workers were very efficient, creating a perf perfect hole to place the pit in and removing the dug up material from the area. There was there were a significant amount of rocks that needed removal in the area that we picked, but these came out easily enough with their power with their powerful vehicles. They then 
took the excess materials from the dig to dump to a dump and brought over the sand, allowing us easy accessibility to spread it out once the pit was made the next day. The day after, we returned to the pool again before it opened. We had another group of volunteers to help, but again, I had to leave a large amount of work to the adults as youth were also not allowed to use power tools due to scout rules. The previous weekend, I had some time to put many of the smaller parts together, but the big parts would be taken care of by our volunteers on site. The octagonal shape was difficult to make, even with corner pieces already measured due to the size of the project. With that said, once the base was down, I just had to work up, we just had to work up the walls from there, allowing quick work of the frame and time to spread the sand. We were once again able to finish before the pool opened, allowing us to open the pit up for fun. Now that the project was finished and funds were used up, I had to finish some paperwork, revealing the finished project. I then had to show the finished paperwork to my scoutmaster and Eagle board representatives. They then took me through the Eagle review, the final requirement to achieve the rank of Eagle Scout. After long questioning about my project, my time in scouting, and my life and possible future, they decided I was ready and passed me. Not long after COVID, not long after, COVID-19 hit the United States, preventing me from holding my Eagle ceremony for a significant amount of time. It was not until September 2021 that I would finally be able to hold my ceremony, long after I had aged out of scouting. I held the ceremony at the same pavilion I refurbished. Many friends, family members, and representatives from both scouting and state were there. As the Eagle badge was pinned to my chest, I knew the work I had done had changed many people for the better. I was proud to be a new Eagle Scout. Syrath Mitchell is a digital communications and political science dual degree major, a social justice and civic engagement minor at Lebanon Valley College. He's also a member of the school's first honors program. In our final story, Caleb talks about the struggles of high school sports. For as long as I can remember, soccer has always been a big part of my life. I played all throughout elementary and middle school. It wasn't anything impressive, just a bunch of kids chasing a ball around a field. But it brought so much joy to me in my childhood years. It was one of the only hobbies I had during those times. Other kids my age would be playing Xbox or hitting baseball. Meanwhile, I'd be in the rec league for soccer. Every Saturday, I'd wake up at the crack of dawn, suit up, and play soccer. Part of me hated having to get up so early, but at the same time, getting up to play the sport that I love made it all worth it. Once I got into high school, a lot changed. It took a lot more effort to keep up with soccer. Daily practices, games twice a week. There was a lot of change very quickly. It took a lot of adjusting my freshman year to get used to what changed. Despite the growing effort to practice and keep up with soccer, I didn't feel the time I was putting into it was paying off in any meaningful way. I'd get put into games to do two quick sprints down the wing every game, and get subbed out immediately after, because I was so tired. It felt like everything I was doing was just not worth it. It really started to get to me when we'd play the bad teams in our league. Usually, if we were up against a bad team, coach would put in the newer players so they could get more experience. Despite this, he still would only put me in for those two quick sprints. I was stuck in this purgatory of being good enough to get some playtime, but not good enough to feel impactful to the game. I even tried to improve my shooting in case I did get the ball in those two sprints. I'd sit for an hour before every game, watching YouTube tutorials on how to shoot a soccer ball, then go and practice shooting for another hour. I got close a couple of times, but I never got to score by the end of my freshman year. Going into my sophomore year, I felt I had something to prove. All of my friends had gotten starting positions on the team. I didn't want to be the only one in my friend group that wasn't playing. I knew I had to do something to stand out and really earn more playing time. It was only our third game of the season. 
we were at home and playing against Susquehanna. They were ranked as one of the worst teams in our division. This meant that I got more playtime in that game compared to normal. With this in mind, I knew I had to get it together and stick out as a player of this game. It was 12 minutes into the second half. I was put on the right wing and we were running our classic play. I ran down the wing, kicked the ball back to my teammate Grant in the middle, and he started to make it into the box. I came inside the box, got open for a pass, and he passes it to me. I shoot, and I score. That was it. That was what I needed to prove that I deserved more playtime. After I scored, my coach took me out. He was the type of guy to crack a bunch of jokes and not take anything too seriously, but in that moment, I could tell that he was proud of me. He told me that I did a good job, and that he hopes to see that out of me more. It felt wonderful finally doing something in high school soccer. After that goal, I started to get more playtime every game. I'd either assist a goal or score a goal every game that year. It restored my passion for the game. It made the hard work feel worth it. Looking back at my childhood self, he would be proud of how far we made it. Caleb Shade is a digital communications major who loves to edit videos in his free time. Thanks for listening to the Lebanon Valley Express podcast. Please visit our website for the episode list and links to the podcast. We're at lebanonvalleyexpress.wordpress.com.